When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to have more Coach K memories from Jay in 10 minutes when we're joined by Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo. But first, guys, Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury said he didn't know a statement was coming the other day from Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhardt. Really? Who also represents Kingsbury. Lies, (laughs) lies, 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 lies. Lies, 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 and more lies. Kingsbury said he hadn't talked to Kyler Murray. What? Since the statement came out. So neither really? before. In fact, Kingsbury went on to say he's never met Kyler Murray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hears he's a pretty good baseball player. Uh, he'd like to meet him one day. Hey, coach, have you been in touch with Kyler? I have not. You know, I think all of our long-term term goal here is to have Kyler be our, our quarterback, and he understands that, and he understands my um, view of him and, and how I feel about him. And um, once again, I'm going to refer it back to the business side of things, and that's not something that I, I deal with. But um, it's all part of the business right now and, and things that we'll continue to work through. First of all, Key, is a two-pronged Ryan, question. Man. So you don't believe him? <laughs> So, I, like the two-prong question is, do you believe him? And if you do, how strange is it they haven't spoken? But you just let's let's nip like, that in the bud. Seriously, though, you first of all, I get it. That's the party answer. Uh, I, I don't deal with the situation. You know, I led business stuff up to the business people. You know, I haven't talked to Kyler. I didn't, in fact, know that they were even putting this out there. Like, just don't do me like Kyler, that. Kyler is it? Tyler or Kyler? Do you spell that with a K? He doesn't know his name all of a sudden. Is that what he said? Tyler? No, no. I'm saying coach. Coach oh, does, oh, does, never okay. met him. Never heard of him. Yeah, I, I, I just, why are you lying to me, man? You look at me in my eye and lie, like you just lying to me. Mm. Like, why do that? Mm. You got the same agent, and so, Jay, we got the same agent, mm-hmm. and you and I are going to do a deal, but our agent didn't tell me we were doing a deal, deal together. He just did the deal with you. That don't make no sense. Don't make any sense. And then you lying to me, man. Stop. And on top of that, Key J has made the point oftentimes that while people like Mike T and me, you maybe, who like a lot of people are like, oh, Kyler Murray's great. Key, you have said many times, it, he needs the right system, Kingsbury. Like, and so you would think that because they're tied that way schematically, inclu- and they're also tied by their agent, the idea that they wouldn't know, one hand wouldn't know what the other's doing is kind of far-fetched. Really? Like seriously, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this because we, we've seen a lot of people that have disruptive personalities. But does the play on the field outweigh what comes along with that? Right. So I guess that's the question. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, that you have to ask yourself. Yeah, you hear all these reports about him being spoiled. He's he's not a great leader. He's finally learned how to do that. Um, you know, he thinks about himself all the time. Um, you know, lack of communication issues. Well. Does that outweigh the talent that you see on the field when he's healthy? 
That's a legit well, question. I, first of all, you said when. So that's a problem. When? True. So that's already telling me he's not always healthy. Football is a big man sport. sport. He is a smaller individual playing a big man sport. So he's going to have some nicks and bruises and uncomfortable uh, feelings at times with his body. He's a fantastic football player, and I'll say it again, within this system. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And I understand people don't understand when I say within this system. They think you're a quarterback, you can play anywhere because you throw the ball and that's all that matters. That's not true because some coaches prefer you underneath the center at times. Some coaches prefer you predominantly in the gun. Some people want to go with 12 personnel versus 11 personnel. Some, you know, so it's all the different ways of doing things. Kyler Murray is not for everybody. Is there, out of the 31 teams that are left, is there some teams out there that will say, yeah, you know, I think I could work with him? Of course. Of course. But I would bet my right arm there are more teams that said, no, nah, I'm good, than teams that say, I'd rather have him. I bet you that. Because it's <clears throat> all about the taste and what they want to do, how they want to do things. And he has to, he's, he's limited in terms of his size. Like, for instance, Matthew Stafford, let's just, is it the Rams? The Rams are a heavy play action pass team, mm -hmm. which means they got to get underneath the center. Play action pass, put the ball in the belly, turn around, boom, boom, boom. Because of Kyler Murray's size, it limits him to be underneath the center because when he turns his back and play action pass, guess what he got to do? He got to see what just happened. Yeah, no way and when you it. turn your back and you go down, you are shrinking to an even lower level than you are height-wise before you pop back up. And then once you pack, pop back up, you know what it's I'm, like, what just happened? Yeah. Jay, when I see, when I see short, like you're six foot two in life. You're not, mm -hmm. you're like, and nowadays point guards are that around that size, right? Not a big point no, guard, but you two. can do that. And, but when I see players under six feet in the NBA, it always used to kill me when Tiger Woods would be on the cover of Mag, the greatest athlete in the world. I'm like, there are dudes five foot eight in the NBA. Earl Boykins. Earl Boykins. Nate Robinson, right? But Nate Robinson was an incredible athlete, but he wasn't a great NBA player by NBA standards, right? And I'm look, I look at Kyler Murray, and Mike T, Mike Tannenbaum has said, when you talk about the greatest athletes on earth – Kyler might be it. He has an argument oh, because he's because he's a great baseball player he's to be drafted up high. Man, he's must he's, see. Must but that see. doesn't mean because he's the best athlete in the world, maybe that he's a great football player, right? Like he's an amazing football player for his size. But the question is, at his height, can you be a truly great quarterback? Can you be a Super Bowl winning great quarterback? It hasn't happened it, yet. In in that. System, you, you can win understand. a Super Bowl like that, but the defense it helps you out. Running the ball helps you, but they were certainly headed in the right direction many times uh, over the last couple of years. So he keeps getting hurt forever on, on in Boston talk radio. Hey, you think Doug Flutie is too short to be a great quarterback, right? But this is no, different because the athletic I, I ability is through the roof. I would like to remind you that each year he's been under center, they've gotten better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that we're talking about him in a way about his personality traits and, you know, can you – but they've gotten better. They've, got, they've been know, undefeated until he's got hurt. Down they've the won, season, like – They've won games 
that certainly would make you believe that the team overall is a better football team. By the way, he lost his main target in in the Hopkins for a long period of time. An under kind of disgust fact. He, He did. But things like in a playoff game against the Rams, when Aaron Donald grabs you, Understood. And throws you down like you are a rag doll. Agreed. That's a problem. But to to his credit, they lost to the Super Bowl champions. No, I get it. So but, I'm just I'm just putting all, all this into things, perspective, and I, I hear it. But like you know, we just came up this conversation about Baker. It, I'm telling you, Jado, if you breaking down and you watching the film, no. it's not that great. Is it's it better? Is it not than, great? Is it, is it better than Baker Mayfield? It's different. It's better. It's Come better. on, no, Come it's on, better. Key. Yeah. Key. Key. You it's even said earlier it's better. It is, but it's different. It's okay, better, it's, but it's, it's just different. Okay. Baker Mayfield is Baker- asked to do something totally different than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is essentially asked to carry his team. Baker Mayfield is not asked to carry the team. Kyler Murray is asked to carry the team. Because when Kyler Murray isn't there, the team isn't very good. When Baker Mayfield is not there, it's like, well, we could throw in Case Keenum and essentially get the same Doesn't thing. That make him more valuable. But here's the thing: it does. It does for to me. them. Yes, for That's, them. If you put Ky- if you put Kyler in Cleveland, they're better. oh, they're way better. They're better. Come on, they're better. Key, they're better with those wide receiving targets. He, by the way, Baker's also not tall. Kyler's know. a better thrower yeah, of the Baker's football taller and than Kyler's Kyler. faster. Baker He's taller than Kyler. He's taller than Kyler. and thicker. Yeah, yeah. But like uh, Kyler Murray is legitimately small. That's why they call him Mighty Mouse, man. Yeah. Like when you look at the shoulders, you know, just, he's compact. And he look at it. You see, I got arms that can touch the floor. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray arms aren't that long. He's a he's just T-Rex a, arms, you say? He's just a small guy. I do. And that's dinner. not for everybody. Well, here, no here, matter how much we like him. Here's the thing about Kyler, too. Yes, they've gotten better and better, Jay. Two years ago, I want to say they were 6-0 and before they lost. And then they fell apart in the second half because he hurt his non-throwing shoulder and they wouldn't run him out of the pocket so much, right? Last year, they were 7-0. and Like, when he's healthy, they're great. But he has not shown the ability probably because of his size. You saw him this year, his ankle. Yeah. And then as soon as you saw it, you're like, oh, man. It's those commercials. Go. You wouldn't make it in professional football. It's because for big dudes. I've also seen Dak struggle with injuries. I mean, I've yeah. seen. I, I've, <laughs> well, Dak had the one injury that was catastrophic, and he had to have the whole surgery and stuff like I, that. I, I but, no, but, Jay, you're yeah. arguing logically. You're saying anyone can get hurt. And, of course, you're right. But size does Doesn't, seem to help man, you absorb some I, of the punishment. I, I, here's another one of my go-tos. <clears throat> I like him. He's small. But we can't have too many of those on our team. Uh huh. That's fair. Yeah. I, Can you have it at quarterback? You wouldn't have it at quarterback, but I, I personally, if I'm in Arizona, I like it. If I'm somewhere else, I don't like it. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to get another one of Jay's Coach K memories of the day. So this is a little quick throwback story, and it leads into our next guest, who's a dear friend of mine and one of the best coaches ever to coach the game of college basketball. My freshman year, we got absolutely blitzed in the Sweet 16 by Florida, who then went on to play Michigan State in the national championship game. And Florida at this time had guys like Teddy DePay. They had Mike Miller. They had Udonis Haslam. Uh, they were beast. Udonis still playing for the Miami Heat today. And I'll never forget, I got outplayed by Teddy DePay. Outplayed. And Brett Nelson as well, who was in my class, McDonald's All-American. And I, I got punked in that game. I got hit in the face one time. I got a technical foul. I lost my cool. I was no longer composed on the court. 
And the game got away from me. I had about seven or eight turnovers that game. And I remember I was kind of – I had to disconnect with Coach K. And Coach K and I got a chance to watch the national championship game that year. And that year, Mateen Cleaves and the Flintstones, as they call it, got a chance to win a chip. Uh, Jason Richardson, who was a good friend of mine, played in that team. And I saw Coach K point out one of these times throughout the course of the game where Mateen Cleaves was on the court, guys, and he never kind of lost eye contact with Tom Izzo. They just always felt like they were a lock in step with everything they did. And I think that was the first time I recognized that, hey, you can multitask, but that relationship I had to have with my head coach so I can micromanage the game but still react in the game was important for the position I played in order for me to help my team strategically think through how do we constantly operate through each and every possession. Like I started to understand and recognize the value of the possession aspect of the game. Let's just say the following year, after understanding that and working on it, we won a national championship. But I remember that moment specifically, watching that chemistry between Mateen Cleaves and Tom Izzo. And that made me kind of recognize what I was missing with my own chemistry with my head coach. So with that being said, we bring in the Hall of Fame coach from Michigan State, Tom Izzo. Tom, do you like that intro? Is that a good intro for you? Is that good? Wow, guys, that was uh... – that was really good. That was uh, Nick Sabanish, the way you uh, explained your quarterback and coach uh, relationship. I thought it was uh, very true, and I do remember that because the next year we were in the Final Four again and got beat by Arizona, and then you beat them. So I saw your game up there when you guys were what, down to Maryland big and then came back and beat them and then won, beat Arizona. But, yeah, there is a lot of truth to that, and I think uh, – you know, I remember that uh, your relationship with Coach K, you ran his team. That's what a quarterback does. We don't look at it the same in basketball sometimes, but uh, I always do because I, I love football. So I think there is that same exact understanding and relationship. Tom Izzo, Michigan State's men's basketball coach, 2000 national champion, basketball Hall of Famer, is with us, brought to you by Wendy's. Every day is game day with Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of the NCAA. True, choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Um, Coach, what what do you uh, remember most about coaching against Coach K? Well, well, I'll tell you, uh, Coach K loves me. I mean, we're 3-12 <laughs> against him. So I'm his favorite guy. Um, I remember the first time uh, we played him, it was in the grade eight uh, I want to say it was 97 or 8 in Chicago and uh, called it the grade 8. And it was kind of like the tournament of champions. Of that. There was eight teams. This is only four. And, you know, it was a decent game. I, I think we got beat by five. But um, I was amazed because, you know, you see him in his suit and he's so businesslike. But when he kneels down, he can get on an official as good as anybody. He just does it in a more classy way. Um, you know, I just got a chance to spend some time with you at the Illinois game. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the legacy that you left at Michigan State is, is pretty incredible. I'm sure you you thought about what would it be like if I were to have my last game at the Breslin Center. Um, what do you think this last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium on Saturday night against their rival, our rival in North Carolina, will be like for Coach K? Well, I, I can't even imagine. You know, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago um, when he went to North Carolina because I thought that would be something that would be difficult for him. But, uh, 
having it at home against a rivalry, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it, it's become one of the great rivalries. I mean, you've I look over the years, you've had USC and UCLA in football, you've had Michigan and Ohio State, you, you know, but basketball rivalries, I'm just not sure there's anything even been close to the Carolina Duke one. And to end your career at home with that, um, it's going to be, I think, very difficult for him, you know. And we always say in rivalry games, you got to check your emotions. But very seldom do you think of that as the coach. And this time, I think the coach is going to have to check his. And uh, hopefully the players will take over. I remember Cleves' last game, we played Michigan at home and beat him by 50. And I, I said before the game, all I hope for is three minutes at the end of the game to be able to just – let my assistants coach and sit down with those three or four Flintstone seniors. And uh, I got that opportunity earlier than I thought. And I guess uh, that would be something that would be probably good for Mike if that could happen. We're on with Tom Izzo, Michigan State basketball head coach, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, I want to ask you about the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, you guys had a big win over Purdue. Purdue then turned around and went on the road to Wisconsin, lost to them. We've seen Maryland beat Ohio State over the weekend. Uh, it seems like this is the deepest conference there is in the country. How challenging is it night in and night out to battle in the Big Ten? You know, Jay, it's challenging, but it's also disappointing. You know, like us, we played well against uh, Purdue, played one of our better games, then come out last night and don't play well against Michigan, you know, your rival. So it's been challenging, but I also think the league is really good. I mean, I saw uh, Nebraska, uh, not last night, but the night, a couple days before that, play um, Penn State, and I swear they look like the best team in our league. They they made shots. They shot 60%. They did everything, and then they went to Ohio State last night and won big. Ohio State had some injuries. but uh, So I think it is uh, is something that is very, very difficult, and yet – uh, the depth of a conference isn't usually, or the, the strength of a conference is a lot of times marked by the top teams, you know, two or three teams with Duke Carolina this year, whether it's Penn State, Wisconsin, I mean, Wisconsin and Illinois or Purdue, you know, but I think the mark of a real tough conference is what is the middle and bottom like? Because there are no nights off. Coach, how do you feel about your team going into the Big Ten tournament? Right now, you know, I felt terrible about my team. <laughs> oh, you know, we did. We got in here in Columbus about three o'clock. We have this quick turnaround where we play tomorrow. But you know, I, I think we got a good enough team. And, and Jay was there that you know we have stretches we can play really well. I think you know we we lack a little leadership and a little uh, you know we have some seniors, but we don't have seniors that have played a lot. And so uh, you know we we've been very we've been consistently inconsistent, and yet at times, you know, we've beaten a, a UConn. We've played really well in some games and won some games, like, you know, at Wisconsin, uh, uh, Purdue at home, Michigan early by 16. We just can't uh, – we haven't been very consistent. So that's what you do. And the beauty at the end of the year and what's happened to us is you go through all that and then you get to regroup a little bit and uh, see what you do in your conference tournament and get ready for the NCAA tournament, which, which you know, you asked me some things about Mike, and I, I, I said my two favorite stories about Mike. You know, in 15, guys, uh, we went to the Final Four in Indy, and uh, 
I was on a I was on a show on ESPN, in fact, and they said, you know, uh, something about Mike, and I said, well, yeah, my my son, who was 13 at the time, has a you know we have a family pool, and he picked Duke, and I said that on the show, and and uh, you know I saw Mike at the Final Four. He says, hey, your son's got a scholarship to Duke anytime, and sure enough, Duke beat us, and and Mike uh, was riding down on a golf cart going to the press conference, and he said. You know what? Your son still has that scholarship. So Mike still owes me four years at Duke, Jay. I want you to know that. <laughs> but the other one was when we beat him in '19, when I, they had Zion and you know a team that everybody thought would get to a Final Four. And that's why I really learned a lot. You learn a lot about a coach or a person. Uh, everybody says, well, they'll treat you good when when they beat you. How they treat you when you beat them. And that day, he was the classiest, best assistance players. Um, in a tough loss, uh, I, I just felt the world for him. So my respect in class, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him as a, uh organization, but uh, we're going to miss him for what he's done, and it will always give a lot of, of us a chance to get our programs to that level, which I'm not sure many will ever will. Tom Izzo, ladies and gentlemen, thanks, Coach. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Good luck thanks, tomorrow, man. Tom. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Keep up the good work with your show. and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. We're joined, guys, by Brevin Knight, Grizzlies TV analyst and former NBA player. Brevin, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Brev, can I ask you a question, man? Why would you and your brother Brandon always have to beat my school and just dominate New Jersey <laughs> State titles, man? You know, I just, it's been a minute. You and I have never had a chance to have this conversation live, so I wanted to have it for the first time, you know? Jerry, you know, when you go know, back in Jersey, it, it, it is a fight uh, for not just notoriety, but, but you know, it, it's an honor system that we go by back at home. And, and the one thing for me, growing up in East Orange and then going to Seton Hall Prep, it, it, it was always, you thought that, you think that we can't win in a city school or you can't do this. And I was like, nah, I think y'all city schools can win, but y'all just can't beat Seton Hall Prep. And so for me, it was a matter of going to where you where where I had an opportunity to win on a regular basis. And it was, it, and Brand would always tell me, for you guys, and because that was the battle for y'all, uh, was that they, he always looked forward to the challenge of playing against the best. And, and for him at that time, that's where y'all, y'all were. And so it, it, for me, as a, I became a spectator of watching from afar, watch your career as you went to watch how he went. 
And the only thing I would say was night battles, but the the legacy of New Jersey guards still dominating nice. would continue to live to live. So there were our, we had our battles, but at the end of the day, I I, I, I rooted for you to the end, bro. Same here, brother. And I, I watch you play all the time. And, and speaking of guard legacies, man. Um, you know, you get a chance to call games for the Grizzlies as it relates to a TV analyst. Can you just try to describe, Brevin, and you've been a student of this game for a long time, what we are actually witnessing watching John Morant play ba- basketball this season? Uh, and I think a lot of this is it's hard to explain, and I tell people because for the, the country, we only see the what happens on Twitter. You only see the highlight plays. But there's so much more depth to his game. Uh, and, and after being able to watch him now for this, this third year, I, I can appreciate the mindset that he has to play the game because, of course, the aggressive. He makes the highlight plays. But I, I almost call it organized park basketball because he's making moves and plays that we would see in the park guys would do. And you'd be like, man, I don't know if you could do that in a game. But he does it in the game. But he does it in a way that is still a solid play, but just add a little flair to it. It's still the right basketball play, but he doesn't just make a normal chest pass. It's not, it's not going to just be a, a beat you off the dribble, jump stop. That's not how he's going to do it. He does it with the way that he plays. But it is almost like he is a bunch of players within one. Like people keep trying to say, is he Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose was younger? Is he AI when it's AI with what he does? And the thing I tell people is he's, he's nobody because I don't know if you've seen someone that can get where they want to on the floor at any with the pace that he can do it, but then with the athleticism to finish over the top of it. And he's just learned that I don't have to have a highlight play all the time. Rookie year, everything was highlight play. Is he this ready? now is I'm going to take the highlights that present themselves. Brev, is he ready to lead them to a championship right now at this youthful age? I think he's ready to put you in a position to win, King. It's, it's, um, you got to have the experience of being in late-round playoffs to really understand what it takes to win. Now, does he have the mentality and the ability? He definitely has that. But I always tell people it, it takes – you need a leader, but you need a bunch of really good role guys to win NBA championships. And, and I think that he is the leader that you can have to put you in a position to win a championship. Right, so they have him listed as 6'3", 174. You got a chance to stand next to him. I, I know where you are on the height scale. Where is he realistically? He's 6'3". He's 6'3", right, he, legit. He, he's 6'3". Look, I'm legitimately 5'10", so I look up to everybody. And so for me, I, I, I feel like he, he is definitely that, that, that 6'3 frame. But what he is is he is very strong within his frame. Like, he, he doesn't need to bulk up to get bigger and be strong. He just needs to continue to stay wiry strong as he is. So we obviously talk a lot about John Moran. He dominates all the highlights, Sports Center, ESPN. But this is a complete team. Uh, defensively, Bain, Jackson, the way they play, uh, slow-mo. I mean, they have all the pieces. When did they make that turn from a, from a defensive perspective? Uh, after the 20 game mark, we played 20 games. I think this team at night, I think we were nine and 10 at one point this season. Um, and a lot of it was up and down. We could beat you by 20 and then we could turn around and lose by 30 the next night. And that's pretty much the, 
the the up and down that the team was on, and, and I, I thought the beginning of the year because they were scoring so easily, they felt like they could outscore teams, but quickly realized that they weren't going to be able to do it on a consistent basis. And I thought Taylor Jenkins and the staff did a great job of minimizing what they did on the defensive side. Let's hone in on two or three things to do very well, not trying to give too much too early. And once they did that, uh, I thought that the team did a great job of giving the necessary effort on the defensive side. And a lot of that came, Jay, with being able to get stops that didn't end in steals or turnovers because that's how they were playing defense in the beginning. It was just get a steal or a turnover, and they were great. But they weren't forcing you to miss shots. And now they're playing defense to a point where they miss. And then once you miss, uh, we got four guys that push the ball immediately off rebounds. Brevin Knight, Memphis Grizzlies TV analyst and former NBA guard, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So when you look at the big picture this year alone, let's just assume the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, how would they fare, not in a one-off, but in a seven-game series against those teams? I think you're talking exciting basketball. If, if this Golden State with no Draymond Green, they would be in a lot of, a lot of trouble uh, because they use him as their orchestrator. And what would be a struggle for the Grizzlies is trying to run around with Steph and Clay with really a point-forward running thing. If Chris Paul, how does he come back from the thumb injury? When does he come back? Um, that's a, a bigger, I think it's a, a harder task, just because it's, Chris Paul, to me, is just the ultimate leader uh, in basketball. And then with Monty Williams on, at the head of their bench, I think that, that their team in total is a, would be a very tough out uh, to play. Not like Golden State would be any easier, but I, I just think that that Chris Paul effect on that team gives them an opportunity, and they also have enough defenders and length defenders to try to give Ja as much as many problems as he, as he, as he can have against the team. And so uh, both teams will be very tough. But, but the one thing is I, I don't fear any team for this young Grizzlies team as you move forward. The one thing that I would say that makes me the most nervous and people are like, oh, you think you'll say Phoenix and Golden State? is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Is the one team in the Western Conference that, if they keep moving forward, gives me the most fear uh, for the Grizzlies. If Edwards keeps developing, the great Revan Knight, ladies and gentlemen, Grizzlies TV analyst and former NBA player. Appreciate you. Oh, uh, thanks for having me, man. You guys have a good day. All right, Brev. Yeah, Minnesota is interesting. Anthony Edwards, baby. That's what, if Edwards keeps developing, Cat D'Angelo Russell's been playing a lot better. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell's pieces. fine. Cat is real good. Edwards is the key there to me, I think. I don't know. We'll see. Things might be going great for John, the Grizzlies guys, but there's one team out west that isn't having the same luck. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. So we were having an interesting conversation during the commercial break. And so, you know, I told you we're going to listen to LeBron James. I'm going to play you what LeBron James said at the postgame presser after yet another Lakers loss. They're 0-3 since the All-Star break. They're they're 1-6 in in their last seven games. Boom. So listen to LeBron after the game. Until you stump me out, cut my head off, bury me 12 feet under, then I got a chance. So that's my confidence. As long as we got more games to play, we still have a chance. You know, I hate losing. I feel like poop right now. But tomorrow is a new day, and I'm going to be prepared and ready for, for the Clippers on Thursday. But that's just that's my mindset. That's just who I am. I mean, Jay brought it up earlier, and I brought this up yesterday with, like, I saw Kobe Bryant last time the Lakers had such an underachieving like super team on paper when they traded for Nash and Dwight Howard, and I and they weren't going to make the playoffs that year. Kobe willed them into the playoffs. He played 40 minutes a night, all that, wound up with a catastrophic injury. It was never the same, except for that last game of his career where he dropped 60, right? But otherwise, he won the same. And what you don't want LeBron doing is fighting as hard as hell for that 9-10 play-in spot just to lose in the first round, even if you win that game. But, guys, the fact is we care about LeBron. We care about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield we talked about. We care about all these guys. Best player in baseball, Mike Trout. Jay, what did, what did you ask during the commercial break? So my question was during the commercial break, um, I'll pull it up here. Mike Trout, the best player in baseball. Can and you- – so far in his career, he's on track to maybe be considered the greatest player who ever lived. Wow. Okay. Has 1.9 million followers on IG playing in Orange County, California, right? So SoCal outside LA. Tyler Hero, a good player for the Heat, made the All-Star game this year for the first time. Nowhere near Mike Trout's status has 2.3 million followers on Instagram. So then that led us to start looking at other players fernando tatis jr he's at 1.3 million that's a young hot player maybe he has more of his, no 1.3 i mean we went through a list of like four or five guys 
Tim Anderson, Guerrero Jr. Nine hundred thirty thousand, uh, one one million. Aaron Judge in New York, a big slugger, one point two million. It, it's see what's funny is, or not funny but for base, baseball. Baseballing will never surpass football, basketball, in popularity. Just it's and traditional media because of what we keep talking about. It's a local sport ignores media. it, but this is not this, this is, is not traditional media. This is though. social media, so you get you get no coverage in, in traditional media and on social media. But no if one there cares. was a way, but if there was a way, though, I bet you if there was a way from a from a regional local standpoint to track those social media numbers, they but, would show a percentage based on that area but, as higher. But this yeah. is a bigger problem for baseball, though, right? Like, you know, um, when we talked about Shaq, it's like why Alan Yates is talking about, you know, Embiid. He was like, we love these enormous, these bigger-than-life personalities, right, that joke online, that, have, that troll people social media-wise that said the real thing. Who is that in baseball? Who is a bigger-than-life personality in baseball that makes you want to watch baseball? I know Fernando Tatis Jr. because he See, flipped the bat, right? But I'm just talking about personality-wise. We're like, I gravitate towards this gotta person. Rem- you got to look at it. You got to you got to look at it this way, though, Jay. When me and Max was growing up and following baseball, baseball was a national sport across the board. It, what I mean by that is, you can go into inner cities, and baseball was in inner cities. Baseball has become more of a a uh, so to speak suburban sport. So you don't when you talk about you talk about personalities and things of that nature. Lost cultural currency. It's a yeah. lost cultural currency for sure. And so when you look at it, you say, well, who are those personalities? The Tatis Jr. is a personality. But because baseball has a different mindset, the old guard, that sort of mindset, they want to muzzle those type of personalities. When Eric Davis, for instance, L.A. guy, or Dorsey Strawberry, L.A. guys, Eddie Murray, L.A. guys. They have personality and swag. Dwight Gooden. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Personality and swag. That's no more. Seven, what is it, 7% is African Americans now? In is baseball? it that high right it, now? It, I don't know. I think it's 7%. Mm-hmm. Most of it is Latin. Okay, in suburbia, so it's a different. It's just a whole entire different. When field. I was a kid, everyone I, 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 wanted basketball. It's not yeah. though, is extremely urban. I, I hear you on all this, but my thing is also the way baseball players need to be looking at their brands and how to activate it, right? Like so, even on IG, right? I got to invest in a social media team. They're like, hey man, anything over a minute, you lose people. So think about highlights. That's why you start seeing basketball, boom, 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 highlights. Baseball, when you see highlights, you're like, ugh. But you know what, Three-hour games, ugh. Jay, that's right. Baseball, the game is a, this is the old George Carlin routine, right? Like, baseball is a pastoral, pre-industrial game. It, there's no clock involved except for now in between pitches. It's, it's you take your time. It's a pa- yeah, Football go, and basketball, the nature is quick. I go nature of it. I can go to concession stand at a baseball game, stand there for 30 minutes Not and miss come a back. Thing. The same battle up there. Not miss a thing. <laughs> For real. I, oh, I I've know. done it. Well, I'm gone. I'm like, oh, he's hacking away at that one. He's Not, still, what? Yeah, they pitch. They're 17th pitch now. Not miss a thing. That's what I'm saying. Either you grow up with it, like, hey, 
if my dad was really into baseball, like his dad, my grandfather was really into baseball, played in the Negro Leagues, right? My dad loved baseball. But my dad didn't watch baseball for me growing up, right? So I gravitated towards more sports that were from those inner cities. That's like not it, why you gravitated to them. You know why? Because let's be honest. Let's take, make it pure, okay? Football and basketball are superior consumer products to baseball or soccer, period. Any country or soccer that, oh, in the United States, not soccer worldwide. No, my point is soccer worldwide is the biggest sport. It's the biggest sport because there was no such thing as basketball. You see how fast basketball spreads around the world? Soccer hasn't spread in this country the way basketball has spread around the world because basketball is soccer evolved into something even better. Baseball is from a previous era. You know what NFL football is? That literally, the deans of the Ivy League school sat around watching soccer matches and go, how do we make this something people can watch? They invented football. Like, I'm not saying I love baseball because I grew up with it. People can love soccer because they grew up with it. But let's not pretend that it's intrinsically they're as consumer-friendly as basketball and football that were made in this country for an audience, a consumer audience. But right? I'm saying, other than baseball insiders or baseball players or people that grow up, like, who's really mad at this potential lockout right now? That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. Baseball is competing. You, baseball has to trade on its nostalgia. You can't say, hey, watch baseball. It's as good as basketball or football. I'm a baseball fan. I love it more. And I just I grew up with it. But I know it's not as good. You can make an argument that what's happening right now is drawing more attention to baseball than them just having opening day going on about normal as possible. My, my point of saying all that is it can least afford this kind of thing. It can't afford it because its product isn't good enough to afford it. I like it the best only because I grew up with it. I'm not watching boring teams play See? baseball. See? Yeah, man, but you're watching. But, but I'm watching the Dodgers and the Yankees. And you're watching in the NBA. Even the worst team has a good player on it. You're watching. Even yeah. if you're not watching it, you're watching the highlights. At least Max. The, highlights. the highlights. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Come on, baseball. Get it together. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.